When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's good, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. It's your boy, H.H. Hafts to Hope. It's the kid, 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 it's the kid. It's Carl Anker. <laughs> we do this podcast. It's like copyright infringement. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. If you're listening over there, remember to hit the hearts. If you're on Spotify, follow us. We got a good handful over there now, so I feel good about that. And uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Also, leave a five-star review, and we'll read it on the show. Like this one we got from somewhere in Great Britain. It says, great podcast. I enjoy this podcast a lot. Relevant topics and an interesting cast. They have the Nigerian Cyclops Marvel. What? <laughs> Meaner slash boondocks. <laughs> Nigerian Cyclops. He called you Nigerian Cyclops and Stink Meter from the Boondocks. Wow. <laughs> wow. And wow. Carl, 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 he says, uh, Nightcrawler pops in and out of the podcast from week to week. <laughs> and, uh, Damn. and he calls me the Joker, I guess, because I laugh a lot. So, but in all seriousness, this is one of the things I look forward to on Tuesdays. Keep up the good work. Stink Meter, you know. <laughs> That's 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 messed up, man. It's a five-star review. That's me. That's me. That's me. I hope love black people. Yeah, man. Yeah, stick me to was like a a moon. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah. That was from Gatlock from from Great Britain. So shout out, thank you for that review. Remember, we'll read it if it's five stars, even if it's funny or weird and yeah if you want to support the podcast monetarily we have a patreon page where we do talking tactics extra where we record you know 40 50 minutes extra um in video format and audio format um for you guys we do some fifa stuff over there now i'm gonna try to get half hope to do some football manager 20 or football manager yeah. 19 stuff so um look look forward to that and yeah three dollars a month You'll enjoy it, I'm sure. So shout out to all the patrons that help us out. You guys got anything coming out this week? I mean, well, well what's about? Isn't it? It's Manu against Tottenham on Wednesday, I believe. So yeah, just like oh, yeah. a preview and a review for that game. So I'm stressed. <laughs> and also, and also, I mean, maybe this is another topic we could even touch upon. You know, probably want to hear Carl's view on this is because basically Amazon Prime for the first time are going to be having all the Premier League games on Tuesday and Wednesday on their platform. Correct. So could this be a massive shift in Amazon saying, you know what, we can outbid Sky and BT. We're just going to just plunge and say, you know what, for our Amazon Prime customers, we're going to give you the Premier League next season, which could be a huge, massive shift with regards to 
and people being able to watch the the Premier League and everything for a much cheaper price. We'll get there. Anything coming out that the people should know? More sweet, sweet athletic content. We just had a piece go up live about Amazon moving into the market. Uh, we were at their launch party yesterday on on by Tower Bridge. Uh, and I, I know someone who is going to be personally responsible. Well, one person who will be at IMG Studios uh, who will be responsible for bringing that uh, stream to the masses. And yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued for that. So I've got two more articles to write for the end of the week. It's the Athletics Christmas party on the Friday. And then I'm off to Newcastle for Newcastle versus Southampton. So mm. A Christmas party in the single digits of December. Yep. <laughs> It's a good break, I guess. It's come up anyway. So <laughs> this first time, I don't even know if I want to. I'm so annoyed by this whole thing, like the Ballon d'Or. Okay, like it's just, <laughs> this. This is where we're jumping off, and like I, I, I told the guys I needed to rant a little bit. I hate the concept of this award. Okay. There, the idiocy of having an individual award that's over the course of a calendar year. I cannot tell you the deep stupidity I see. <laughs> Like, how how can you judge a player on two halves of two separate seasons? It doesn't make logical sense. It All it does is it boils things down to how many goals did you score in a calendar year? That's all that you can really have. Like, that's why Ronaldo, Messi, that's why they keep winning these things. Maybe if there's a World Cup, you might get Modric, you might get Cannavaro, you might get somebody else. But there is a deep flaw in how this is adjudicated. And am I the only one that sees this? The award should be given like at the very end of the current season. So May, June, that should be when the Ballon d'Or is decided, not December. Like it makes zero sense to me. Wait, so, so, so wait, are you against an individual award overall, or are you just against no, no, no? I'll, how I'll, this I'll, is adjudicated? I'm not against the idea of individual individual awards as a concept. I'm against the idea that people put so much weight on this award the Ballon d'Or, the Ball of Gold, and it's given at the end of the year. The season doesn't end at the end of the year. The logic is, uh, and this is the thing that I've said this two or three times before, the logic is what the Ballon d'Or used to be, right? And the Ballon d'Or, I said it three or four times ago, the Ballon d'Or was not what it used to be about 15 years ago. It was just decided by journalists for France football, right? What happens at the end of the year? December. Yeah, you do your end of year recaps. That's what news does, right? That's what we do in journalism so it's it's december right now so you do best albums of the year best best films of the year best songs of the year and lo and behold we went best footballers of the year and that's why the ballon d'or is at this point of time in the year right no 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 i completely agree with you the timing is terrible right it causes this weird thing where yeah i'm a big fan of wesley schneider should have won the ballon d'or for 2010 but when you really look at it in 2010 wesley schneider had a really bad second half of the year at inter Milan on the rafa benitez he was only good for the first half. But look, the Ballon d'Or happens in the summer because that, that's how journalism works. You have your end-of-year recap. The Ballon d'Or as a timing does not work in terms of the, the European calendar of football. And even then, the Ballon d'Or only covered European football until quite recently. Don't get too worked up about the Ballon d'Or. It's a competition that, fine. Look, it's really nice to applaud someone who's played good football for a season, a season and a bit. For the last decade, the best player in the world has been Lionel Messi. There have been times where you can argue that Ribéry or Schneider and or no, that's about it. Maybe Ian Robin could have could have broken up that duo, uh, the the Messi Ronaldo duopoly. But eh, 
Also, like if you're a defender, you don't really have a great chance of doing it. And it's this weird thing that even at your in your best year, you're not going to be better than Messi in a normal one. It's very hard to think of the Ballon d'Or because the Ballon d'Or was not what it used to be before Messi or Ronaldo came about, and it will never be the same since. Like we are in a very unique time of Ballon d'Or, where before Messi or Ronaldo, no one really took it seriously, and then Messi or Ronaldo won it so many times consistently. We all now think it's like the be all and end all. And now when those two retire, whoever wins the Ballon d'Or will always be it's the foot. It's you know when Luka Modric won it, it was the first person to win it. That wasn't Messi or Ronaldo for ages. So Luka Modric got it in the neck for ages. And the next person who wins it, it's going to be the whole... Do you think this person was as good as Messi or Ronaldo was in that year? I think what's really interesting is, of the 30-person shortlist, so Virgil van Dijk was second, Sadio Mane fourth, Mo Salah fifth, Alisson Becker seventh, Robert Fino is 17th, Chan Alexander 19th, uh, and Giorgio Ronaldo 26th. That's brazy. I feel like if they did it right after the season ended, they would have given it to Van Dijk. But then, but, then, but then there's been this four-month period where it's like, well, you know what? Messi still is Messi, so we might as well give it to him. They they win it by default. If it was an award that happened for the best player in the 2018-2019 season, yeah. and it ended like the moment that season ended after the Champions League final, hmm. you would have looked at that whole season, and it probably would have been Virgil van Dijk who wins the award. Wait, 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 but, but hasn't this always been about the calendar year? Which is the stupidity of it. If we see, I mean, see, that's where I agree with you. A football award shouldn't be at the end of the season. It should be like, what did you do for the football season? Put football award, way. how good were you for the football season? It shouldn't be, how good were you for the calendar year? Yeah, right. No. And we're not just spending a lot of time arguing about something that will not change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, 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 I do have one more point. I guarantee you. You ask Messi right now, those six Ballon d'Or awards or one chance to play in another World Cup final? Not even the trophy. Just give me the game. I'll bet you he takes the game. Obviously. It's that meaningless. But people put so much weight on it because of what Carl alluded to. Messi fans versus Ronaldo fans. One has six. He blew a 3-1. Yeah. It's, 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 it's childish. It's very childish. Like, basically, put, put, put this way. When I was growing up, before instance was popping up, before football websites and, and everything, I was like, oh, yeah, um, Zidane won the Ballon d'Or. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, because he's the, the best player. Oh, did you? So it was just sort of like an afterthought, but we we're all focused on, okay, who's going who's gonna to win the Champions League? Who's going to win the World Cup? World Cup Champions League, World Cup Champions League, Euros, Digital Cup and everything. But I think, which is what Carl is saying, because you now have players who have won it so subsequent amounts of times, People have now shifted away from, oh, no, no, it's not about the World Cup. It's about this whole Ballon d'Or thing because they won it so many times, you know. So, but then I'm like, whoa, what? So Ballon d'Or actually now means something? What? Okay. And we know it does. We know there are players that are out there seriously saying, I want to win the Ballon d'Or. They're not saying, I want to win the World Cup or whatever. Right? There are maybe two or three players that have said, I want to win the Ballon d'Or, which is one of those weird things where, obviously, to win a Ballon d'Or, you probably end up winning a World Cup or you probably end up winning a Champions League. But for that to be your aim, for for you, for for the, the aim of your career, not for team accolades, but to win an individual trophy, Baba Wenger is sad. <laughs> well, that's where Cristiano comes Yo, in. Have I, I do hope, believe this is Ballon d'Ors. Well, hope, if, if I gave you the option of six Ballon d'Ors, like over the course of your career, you win six Ballon d'Ors, or over the course of your career, you win one Champions League. Which one do you take? 
Wait, that's not even a question. Of, of course, they take one bloody Champions League. But I feel like the general consensus is if you go on Twitter and you read your timeline, like yeah. winning six Ballon d'Ors is in and of itself like some Daniel, sort of brand signifier. Like, Daniel, very, very quickly, how Twitter is a disease. How... Twitter <laughs> is a flipping disease that I'm trying to stay away from because, as you said, it, that's what I call it Twitter analysis, not football analysis, I call it Twitter analysis. There are people out there that will tell you and try to argue that no six ballon d'ors is the equivalent of winning one world cup i'm like they act like it's you... michael jordan and six championship rings. yeah I'm it's like, just i say what no, no, i because, make you calm do... down <laughs> gentlemen <laughs> gentlemen gentlemen, you know gentlemen the key thing is, is that gentlemen, it's subjective please. it's subjective gentlemen please how are you winning six ballon d'ors and not winning champions league messi didn't win it this year and he still won it so it's like because you know it, it is it's what i think all Messi did this year is win La Liga. What did he do with Argentina? Nothing. What did he do in the Champions League? He did. He, he had some great free kicks. Okay. But he didn't win anything. It's just, it's his award to lose. That is incredible to say. He didn't win anything. He won a La Liga. He won a Spanish League title. Wait, what? What? And this is this is the thing about what I said about Messi and Ronaldo have, have distorted the Ballon d'Or. The fact that you can treat winning a Spanish league title is so eh, whatever. Because Messi because <laughs> because Messi always wins a league title, right? Let's bear in mind Barcelona were bad for large swathes of that La Liga campaign last season. Yeah, Real Madrid were exploding, but Barcelona weren't much better. And Messi, I wouldn't say single handedly, basically Barcelona are Messi and bust. Everything worked through Messi. Messi is 30 something years of age and is playing either in first gear or in sixth gear and he's still better than everyone in in the world right he is Ronaldo the best fans are turning this podcast off oh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Losers, look look Ronaldo fanboys need to start talking about how Ronaldo's trying to get sorry fired anyway 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 Yo, oh yeah it's anyway uh, um, we've, but we've it's, been talking about this next subject for like the past five weeks probably so let's let's just jump into it Arsenal sacked Emery finally, so let's just let's just leave the Ballon d'Or where it is. Otherwise, I could ramble about this. I'm sure for the next thirty minutes in circles, but it is what it is. Um, Arsenal have no manager. Well, they have an interim, Freddie Lundberg. Did you think that was the right time to sack Emery? Because I feel like they should have sacked Emery Double H like right after the Europa League final. No way. No, I mean he should have been sacked weeks ago, weeks ago. But after Europa League final, no way. Like. If they had won that, they're back in the Champions League. And I think, CBC, my thing is this is that you have to know what you were getting. And if you think about it, Emery was doing what Emery does. Because if you look at what he did for Valencia and Sevilla, very poor in the league, very good in the cup. Even if they won those three Europa League or UEFA Cup titles in a row, Sevilla underachieved in the league. So Emery is a cup merchant. You know, so... Who who was to say that if he had remained Aston manager, that Aston maybe finished seventh, eighth, but then maybe make the final again, and maybe this year they actually win it? Who knows? So I think it had gotten so bad, and I think Arsenal, as a football club, cannot be satisfied with oh coming seventh and eighth and just winning um, the Europa League. No, they're like no, we have to be one of the best teams in England, and we cannot have Tottenham finishing above us in subsequent seasons. So I think it was we. I'm surprised it took this long. It should have been something that should have happened weeks ago because just like with what Sutton did with Uncle Mo, the earlier you do it, the better because it gives a new guy coming in enough time to try and turn things around. So, um, because because Frederick isn't going to do it now. Frederick ain't, ain't, ain't going to do it. Obama ain't right wing? Nah. The hope touched upon it there. Emery's level 
is a Europa League level manager at a time from when the big clubs didn't take the Europa League seriously. He could do that thing when he was doing at Sevilla where he was finishing between 5th and 7th and then winning the Europa League. Because at the time, Manchester United weren't going, the Europa League is a really good way to get Champions League qualification. And maybe Dortmund were going, the Europa League is, an, is a, you know... At a time where winning the Europa League only just only got Europa League qualification rather than Champions League qualification, Emery was the best at it. But the moment they gave Champions League qualification for winning the Europa League, bigger clubs started tanking their Champions League groups to enter into there. Bigger clubs started tanking their league positions to get further in the Europa League, like Mourinho did when he was in charge of Manchester United. Like the moment the Europa League became, and again, this is a similar thing to the Ballon d'Or. Like Emery, Emery's achievements need to be considered in proper context. He won the Europa League when teams weren't properly taking that thing seriously. He won titles in France with the PSG side, where he should have done loads better with. And he's not fit for purpose for any team that wants to be winning a league title or want, or want to be competing in the Champions League. Even if you're a team that wants to win the Europa League now, I don't think Emery's good enough because he's a he's a tactician and his tactics aren't particularly good and he's not a people person. So he's not capable of managing the five-star egos at the European Super Heavyweights. So where do you put him? You put him at maybe a... I mean, I wouldn't put Emery better than, you know, as a Wolves. So where do you put him? Ninth best manager? Tenth best manager in the Premier League? Maybe. It was, it was the right decision to do. He was utterly, hopelessly out to his depth at Arsenal. And his post-match press conference after the 2-2 draw as Arsenal manager in Southampton was one of the worst post-match press conferences I've seen this season. Like a proper... Here's the thing. He doesn't say that. Well, not anymore. Like he, They asked him that. So it's, it's quite... I, I don't want to take the mick out of it too much. It's quite mean. Oh, no, 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 no. See, 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 see. I understand. He's just trying to be nice. I never said that whole good evening thing. That's harsh, man, because you shouldn't talk about a guy's accent. You shouldn't do it. It is accent. I have a a very good friend called Luis. He helped teach me Spanish. He's from Barcelona. He's teaching me loads about La Liga and why my Spanish is this and that. And he said the worst thing Emery ever did was uh, speak English because... He all of his personality, all of what he's funny about, absolutely disappears when he speaks in English. If he speaks in Spanish with via a translator, he would have come across. He would have been able to do the Pochettino thing where people are like, "Oh, okay." So he's a tactician. He's hard about stats and he's hard about tactics. And people are like, "Good, good." But that game, a journalist went, "Good evening, Unai. That wasn't a very happy evening for you." And I went, "Oh, mate, you are taking the piss. You are just wanting him to say that." <laughs> and Emery stopped. He took a breath. He looked down at the mic and he went good evening that he really stressed out the e, the v because man was rattled and what and that's the thing once you've got the journalist taking the mick out of you like that you know yeah. they're taking the mick out of you in the tr- in the changing room and that's it it's over i feel sorry for him but also he was not good enough for the job arsenal, i mean like after wenger arsenal should have got someone who either wanted to win trophies without caring about style mm. or they should have got someone who wanted to do a long-term root and branch reform they should have got Arteta or they should have got Allegri. And what they did was they got budget Allegri. Rafa. I say Rafa, man. Rafa is the dude that they did. Do you know oh, Rafa is earning 12 million in China? He's earning peas. 12, 12 million. So I don't know how that's, I think. No, no, but I think Rafa is the kind of guy where like, if you give him a good offer, if Arsenal give him a, a, a good offer, he would probably take it. He would probably take it if I was actually generally giving him, like, you know what, we're giving you a real good offer. Oh, no, oh, no, no, week, oh, we have to talk about that, dude. Oh. <laughs> it's just something that, that reminded me. Oh, <laughs> when we were talking why, about money. Why, why were you reminded, man? 
Okay, no, but we, we, we got one question on this one. Um, are the media using Arsenal Fan TV as a scapegoat for Arsenal trash last couple of years? This is in reference to the New York Times article trashing Arsenal Fan TV from Linden Boulevard 1. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Arsenal Fan TV now rebranded AFTV. Yeah. It, it, this is a particularly interesting point, especially this. Well, Ornstein reported the captaincy going to Oba has caused some friction. Because Oba is quite close with AFTV. Oba, uh, my blood clot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and it's been, and uh, apparently some people at Arsenal believe that Oba has cultivated this relationship with AFTV in order to protect himself from criticism from AFTV. Uh, and the fact that he's got the captaincy now makes it particularly hard for, well, basically makes him immune from anything. And uh, quite a few, well, it is rumored that some people at Arsenal don't like it that Oba gets away with with the captaincy and AFTV's backing, whereas other players at Arsenal get it both barrels on AFTV. Mm. That's weird. Like, that's a very weird situation. And Arsenal's a weird situation in terms of his captaincy and how it goes about doing things that it's a law unto itself. All right, we've all been here, right? And we've been we've been doing this podcast since 2016 and we've frequently joked about how when Arsenal lose, it's fun to watch Arsenal fan TV. And there was a spell, there was a little spell maybe about last season, start of last season. No one was talking about Arsenal fan TV because Arsenal no. went 20 games unbeaten, remember? And a lot of the personalities were giving Emery time. You know, yes. they were like, you know, Wenger, like Arsenal fan TV blew up because they were there were bad results, but the longevity of Wenger really gave them something to drive with. Like he's been here for two decades. Like it's time for change. Woo, woo. It's time what, to go. <laughs> once the new manager comes in, the fans relax. They were like, okay, we kind of got what we wanted in that way. But then once the results start going bad again, now it's starting to pick up more steam to where probably you're seeing articles like this. Yeah. And it, and we've, we've said this before about Arsenal fan TV is most, uh, is most entertaining when Arsenal lose. Now that says a lot about what that YouTube channel is about, right? If, if you were, if you're a, if you're a group, that claims to be the voice of fans that everyone admits you are at your most entertaining when your team loses. Surely that means you're not you're not for the greater good. Mm, I don't know. Well, no, I mean, no, okay, 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 look, in fairness, let me give you two responses to that. I think in one response is Robbie has always said that all we are doing is providing a voice. We're not only providing an amplified voice when we lose. Literally, whatever results, whatever win, lose, or draw, I put the mic in front of fans' no, no, face, no, no, no. and then I, the next, I, I, oh, I, wait, 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 let me like, wait, I don't know that argument. Wait, okay, okay, but let me just let me, because let me just give you two false. So, on one hand, Robbie has always said that look, I'm going to put the mic in anyone's face, win, lose, or draw, and that's the case. But then the second one is one of my good friends is an Aston fan. Like ever since we've known each other since we we're four, 14, he's a hardcore Aston fan, and he hates Aston fan TV. He just says that when, as an Arsenal fan, him watching Arsenal fan TV just makes him feel worse as an Arsenal fan. So that's where the issue arises. That even for, because for me, like, I'm not going to say a bad word about Robbie because it is just what it is. And I'm not going to say, oh my, Arsenal. But I do feel that, let me even use myself as an example. I've sort of grown out of watching Arsenal fan TV because I'm like, e okay, that's whole shtick of like, let me watch, let me just laugh at them whenever they, they lose. I've not, I've got, sort of gotten bored from that right now. So, and the issue is that is what's really got people going to the channel in their droves who are non-Arsenal fans were based on just the personalities and everything. 
But I just think that, you know, it's a difficult one because at the end of the day, it is the most popular fan channel in the world. It's the most, it's it's the most talked about and everything. But is it the most talked about for the right reason? Eh, you know. I don't want to call you a YouTuber because I know you don't like I'm just a guy from the road. I'm not just but, a guy. But as somebody who has almost like 20,000 subscribers on YouTube and you've been in the game for a while, don't you find that whenever something bad happens to a club, that's when you probably get the most clicks, right? So like when the remontada happened and it was PSG uh, 1, Barcelona 6, I don't know, maybe like the 7-1 uh, for, for Brazil, Germany, or like when these big events happen or mm. just like, like a team loses – and it's kind of an embarrassing loss. Don't you find that like more people are entertained because we like to see car crashes? Yeah, in a, it's it's like look at the news. And um, good news doesn't sell. Bad news is what sells. We, we want to see. We're just drawn to tragic things happening, violent things happening. Oh my gosh, this person died. This person did this. I want. I want to. So, Talk about this idea that he's just giving fans a voice. I think the thing about Arsenal fan TV and the platform it is Arsenal mm. fan TV is the biggest platform for Arsenal fans. Mm. Right? There are many, there are many channels of, for Arsenal fans, but Arsenal fan TV, now called AFTV, is the biggest one. Right? When he talks about I'm giving fans a voice, he is uh, and it's not just Robbie, it's it's a large conglomerate. And I've met Robbie two or three times and we've had a very nice conversation. Right. Arsenal fan TV is and presents itself and is known for being the voice. Right. It, it basically, in terms of people who talk about Arsenal all day, it's Arsenal Football Club, David Ornstein, Arsenal Fan TV. That that's like the trident. Um, three very different ways of going about that organization, but those are the those are the organizations when you think about Arsenal in England. Um, and when he, you can't claim to be a voice when you are also one of the biggest voices and you can't claim to be a voice when you have a very particular voice that's a very particular thing and you you've had we now have it on record numerous players saying Arsenal fan TV makes my job harder Hector Bellerin went Arsenal fan TV makes my job harder and I want them to be quiet I agree to a point, but it's also when, the idea that the personalities in Arsenal, like Arsenal Fan TV isn't one thing. It's a bunch of people. So he puts out a lot, well, when, when they do their fan cams and whatnot, there are a lot of different perspectives. Mm. It's just that the ones that are the most entertaining for opposite fans to watch. Like if you're a Chelsea fan or Spurs fan, United just to watch the train wreck, you're going to go to the people who are more animated and give you like just kind of entertainment to watch. But there are other people on the channel that are kind of more level-headed and yeah, more, yeah, more moderates and everything. Yeah, but like and those interviews everybody. But but so. those aren't the ones that generate the moments These. where where, where yeah. in which a Bellerin might say it makes it harder for me. It's 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 hard for me to criticize Robbie when, as Half Hope says, he does put the microphone in anybody's face and they can say whatever they want. The idea is what makes person X more watchable for either a neutral fan or an or an opposition fan, and I, I don't I don't think you can get past that. I am going to watch the DTs and the troopses and the Kellichis and those guys because I know that they're going to be entertaining. And if they win, I might not watch. You know, so it's it's on the consumer as much as it is the person who's giving the the platform to these different individuals. But okay, Man City Newcastle. What do you guys think? Title over? Nope. No, it's eleven no. points. Well, it's eight points between Liverpool and Leicester, but eleven points between Liverpool and uh, Manchester City. It's you. You never know what can happen, man. You uh, so never know what can happen. Fabinho being injured is a big one. Fabinho being injured in a lot of games, being between now and then the 
January and Liverpool also having to go away for the Club World Cup means I'm not saying it's completely finished. Um, Fabinho is the second most, third most important person in that Liverpool system. Well, it's hard to say who's the most important because the the way Liverpool Liverpool's great strength is the conglomerate. But Fabinho is their most important midfielder. Mm-hmm. He's the, he's the he's the true number six that allows Liverpool to to flow and run around the way they want to do it. Now with Fabinho injured, Henderson probably goes in at the six. Then it's Genie, one Alden, and then you've got. I mean, you probably put the Ox there as the number eight, so it's not quite functional, and you have some creativity. But if Salah continues his bad form, and Trent and Andrew Robinson don't have a great game, Liverpool aren't the all-conquering force they might be. I think it was particularly interesting that, yeah, Liverpool survived their first game without Fabinho, but it came from two set-piece goals from Virgil van Dijk and two expert deliveries from Trent. That's not going to happen every single time when Liverpool have to play Spurs and whatnot. Was Alisson given a straight red or was it two yellows? Yep. Alisson was given a, a straight red for his uh, handball outside of the box. So as that's well. three so games it's, out? It's three games. It's Adrian. Mm. It's Adrian. It's a rejig midfield. I'm not saying... <laughs> Did, did you say reaching midfield or reject? Rejigged. 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 I was like, a reject. Damn. Oh, <laughs> I'm not saying, um, there is, there is, no, I'm not, I'm not saying Liverpool are going to drop 11 points worth, hmm. but Liverpool are going to start dropping points. What, 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 what do you think? Well, Half Hope already says it's done. See, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm... no, no, no. As I said, Manchester are, are, are going to win it. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm not sorry, wait, sorry, you think Manchester City is going to win the league? Yeah, <laughs> we were here. We were here. So one thing I want to bring up, and when Laporte got injured, I remember you hope saying, "Oh, you know, Laporte isn't. It's not a big deal. They've still got people." And I went, "No, no, 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 no. Laporte's out. They've got no centre backs left. This could be the entire league done." And it was only when I pointed out how many injuries and how many centre backs they had left that hope went, "Oh, oh," and I said it. I said when Laporte went down, I went, "That could be. That could swing the entire title." I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if Vincent Company comes back in the January transfer window <laughs> to Manchester City. Do you know what's um, odd is I think Otamendi's fit and he still starts uh, Fernandinho. Yep, um, which says a, stones. Which Isn't says that an a indictment about Otamendi. Otamendi? Like that's that's not yeah, Otamendi ain't good, man. And but see, Stones ain't that much better. Facts. You see, I'm coming to grips and coming to terms with Liverpool winning the league, so. If if in if have hopes right and like you know your faith is uh you know it, it it comes true that's great but I'm I'm just coming to terms like Liverpool are gonna win the league everybody should just accept it a lot of people don't want it it's been thirty plus years I think you know they're probably they're they're, they're due for one they're giving you six months to just come to terms like you know it's time so 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 you both are saying Leicester City have no no chance then I wouldn't say no chance I'm just. I think it's more likely than anything that Liverpool wins. If that's 51%, if that's 70%, it's just more likely. Yeah, I, I don't really count Leicester. The interesting thing is Leicester City have more points now than they did at this point in time when they won the league. Interesting. But uh, no, I don't think I don't think Leicester are in a title race. I don't think they want they want to be considered as in the title race either. Mm. Um, because but see, that, like that Leicester's tricky because extra... I remember doing this last time. Like, mm, they're not going to win, they're not going to win, they're not going to win, they're not going to win. Five games to go. I think they're gonna win. They won. <laughs> like, uh, ask know. me. Ask me at the end of January. I, I still don't think Leicester will finish in the top four. But wow. Well, I said that, and now I'm looking. Claim. Now I'm looking real foolish in the light. 
because it, it's very apparent that my opinion of Leicester is shaped by the fact I don't rate Brendan Rodgers as, as a manager. And the reason I don't rate Brendan Rodgers as a manager is because he was a Liverpool manager. Hmm. Well, see, I think everybody like, thought... That is that is very Lester, clear. Leicester would clear... be seventh, you know? Yeah. Everybody very... was like, Leicester would be seventh. Now that they're second, and I think the gap between second and fifth is pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. You, you have to, like, change. You have to recalibrate kind of quickly. Chelsea lost to West Ham. Mm. Wow. All right. yeah. West Ham are utterly infuriating, aren't they? Utterly infuriating. Just when you think it was all over for Pellegrini, right? Just when you think, yep, that's it. Done and dusted. West Ham going to be in and around the relegation by all season. They go off and get a, not only a win, but a clean sheet. Oof. Ridiculous. I mean, credit to... Uh, my forgiveness. I forget the his name. Yes. 33 years of age, making your Premier League debut, coming in for a bow. He was and crying at the end. He of was the game. crying and he went yeah, his, his dad. His dad, yeah, his dad. And that's that's you know that's sort of a nice reminder that there's bigger things in the world than football. And football isn't just about money and league placing. But at the end of it, it is just a dad watched his boy play football, and it was just really nice to see. Do you know what was wild? Is they played Spurs last week or the week before last, mm-hmm. and they were down three nil. I think I think they were down three 0 If it is three 0 he's gonna get sacked. But I was like, maybe. And I think I put this in the WhatsApp group. If they get three two, that doesn't look as bad, and Pellegrini might stay. <laughs> and you know, I was hoping they would get three two because there's the idea that you know, if they sack the manager, it's gonna be tough for that next game. Pellegrini got his three two. He stayed on. There was little. Actually, I think the sacking of Emery might have helped him out a bit because it took maybe West Ham under the limelight and put all the spotlight on what happened at Arsenal. And then they show up to Stamford Bridge. Lampard, in his infinite wisdom, decides this is the time to start Giroud and Pedro because that's worked. And Chelsea looks toothless. Conte didn't play. Midfield looked kind of iffy. And, you know, I could blame Kepa, but I won't. Like, I could if I wanted, but I'm not going to. He made some good saves. Double H. <laughs> I've never rated Kepper, but that's clearly because I just got. He's the most expensive it. goalkeeper in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm taller than he is. Have hope. What did you think about Lampard's starting lineup? And are we starting to see some cracks in the Valencia result with the City result? Lampard, up until let's say the Valencia game, I was like, wow, he's actually surprised me and he's pretty much overachieving in terms of what I think he would do. Because at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. I think you, know, you have to just you have to look at what he does over the course of the whole season. Mm-hmm. So yes, he was started off shaky, amazing winning run. Now it's maybe a little bit of a tough patch. So you just have to okay, how is he going to do for the whole season? And I think, look, man, you know, it's just one of those things where this isn't being anti-English or something, but I have a weird feeling whenever I just see Lampard and Jody Morris sitting next to each other. <laughs> because in my mind, I'm thinking that. What is Jody Morris going to say to Lampard that's going to be profound? Because when I just look at other assistant managers, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. But when I just look at Lampard, like, turns to Jody Morris, I'm like, hey, 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 hey. Jody Morris is a very, very talented academy coach. No, 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 no. Carl, I'm talking purely, you know, like how you say, don't judge a book by its cover. That is the crime I am committing. Oh, right yeah, now. Jody Morris doesn't look like a smart man. No, but yeah, very <laughs> cool. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Like, when I just look at Jody Morris, I'm like, he doesn't look like a guy that can give you any somewhat of advice. So this is purely on, on, on face value. But I think to go back to the little Chelsea points, you look at that game and everything, it's like, you know, this is where it's now comes to management and experience. And because see, there are parallels with Pep. Now, I believe that 
PEP, see, see, PEP and Lampard are a lot more similar than we would think. Because I do believe that Pep benefited a lot from not only the talent he had, but of Johan Cruyff. See, Lampard didn't have a Johan Cruyff. Like, your, like Pep learned a lot of his footballing philosophy, training methods, coaching, all that kind of stuff from Johan Cruyff, who built the foundation of an almost revolutionary way of how to, how to play with the ball, but specifically without the, the, the ball. So when Pep came in and did amazing in that first season, it was a combination of the talent he had, and learning from Johan Cruyff. But let's, if we switched to the roles and we had Pep in Lampard's role, maybe Pep would be doing the same thing that Lampard is doing, where I have a very specific philosophy that I'm doing and I can only stick to it. But with regards to, can you manage? Can you manage difficult situations? Can you chop and change? Can you tweak things? And as we're seeing with Pep now with Man City, where injuries are now coming through, you don't have all the guys within you. Norwich are saying, what's up to you? Wolves are saying what's up to you. Newcastle are saying what's up to you. John Joe Shelby, a guy who looks like a flipping skinhead, is saying what's up to you as well. So I think that for Lampard and for Chelsea, I don't want to now say, oh my gosh, my this is not some proves that he's a flipping rookie and everything. Let's see how this plays out. But a Tamebram injury is a big injury. Mason Mount has sort of gone off the boil a bit now. And it now seems as if, oh my gosh, is it now William or Bost? That's scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if yeah. William is now the guy that everyone must now depend upon to lift this incentive, because William ain't no hazard, you know. So it's a it's 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 a tricky one, man. But I'm but my fear is Lampard's lack of experience and management skills could slowly creep up on him because Mourinho and Tottenham are six points behind. You know, and they play Wolves as as he was as as sort of not getting back into their grooves. So you know, you know what? Just to the Jody Morris point quickly, I think if you ask most Chelsea fans, or um, they 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 wouldn't say it like this, but it would be kind of the same premise. You ever seen the movie uh, Cyrano de Bergerac? No. It has like uh, Gerard Depardieu in it. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> this reference gonna fall flat in his face. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but like uh, someone out there will get it. I think most people would say that like Lampard is the Christian, Morris is the Cyrano de Bergerac in the story, meaning like Jody Morris is really the one that's telling Lampard what to do in order to get to where the team should go. Now, whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. But a lot of people are like, yo, Morris is really the the person behind the scenes who know he's He's been more connected in in the academy. He knows what players to pick. Like he's the Jody, no no no. Jody Morris has greater knowledge of the Chelsea players currently playing than Frank. Right, Lampard. and and and, and I think because he was, if, and, he was and, and, and he was in charge of academy players to say he was the brain. He's the brains behind everything. Is a is a very serious. That's what I think a lot of Chelsea fans would tell you that Morris is really the one behind the scenes pulling the strings, and Lampard is the face of it, which isn't the most illogical thing. It, it might not be what's happening, but I think that's what people assume. It's like Lampard is the face that Chelsea put before you, but really it's Morris behind the scenes that is uh, doing that work. This, you, you, you. Uh, I mean, well, and if that's the case, I mean, keep maybe, it moving. You know. Keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> what? You've never seen Cyrano de Bergerac have hope as a. I mean, guy? I mean, I've, I've seen quite a few Gerard de, de, de Perdue films, so I don't know whether that's one of the films I've seen, but I don't know what the title was. But that title. Because wasn't he in Manon de Sauce? But yeah, I, I don't know whether that one rings a bell. And he was in, was he in three, the three Mamaskasiers? Or one of them. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> Carl, your boy's lost. 
Oh no, Drew. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My boys won. What are you talking about? Manchester United. They beat Watford. They beat Watford two one. Ah, look about? at this dude. <laughs> look at this. Don't call, call, man. Come on. We know talk you, to me about Oli. Talk to me about about Sorkin. Talk, talk to me. Talk, talk. He's a clown. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Why is he still? Because this actually links into one of the oh, other let, guys. Let, let's, to let's really sentiment. Confused. Sentiment. He's a clown. <laughs> He's just yelling sentiment. <laughs> Norwegian tapping merchant. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, relax, I'll, relax, I'll be, I'll be, no, let, let, let me, let's get nitty gritty, nitty, 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 nitty gritty. How many, what team in the Premier League right now would swap their manager for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? <laughs> no, 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 no. Carl, I'll go deeper. Isn't that, isn't that Carl, a I'll go deeper. Like, Carl, let me go deeper. Carl, like, let me go deeper. Carl, let me go deeper. Which managers in Division 1, 2, or 3... <laughs> Chill. Would say I want Sokshi as my as our manager. <laughs> See, <laughs> we played this game on an episode of Totally Football before, and then we we said you have to maybe get down to Millwall or MK Don before you realistically got oh, a, a team that went. Yeah, I'll have only going Solskjaer. Millwall. Which shows, which shows the only thing, the only thing keeping Solskjaer in the job is is nostalgia and the sentiment. fact that he, okay. he played and sentiment. And the fact he was there in '99. He is look would. A, would a different manager turn this Manchester United squad into title contenders? No. Would a, a different manager turn this United squad into top four contenders? Maybe. Would a different football manager get this Manchester United squad playing better football? Yes. Unquestionably. Sack him. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and it's not going to happen. He's going to stay in the job. We, for all reports, Solskjaer retains the faith of everyone in charge and people are talking about giving him a second or a third transfer window. I have no idea. He's not good enough. Pochettino is right there. Sack him right now. Go to Pochettino. Pay him 15 million a year. Tell his boy Mitchell to come in as director of football. Let's get this done. I'm sick and tired of this shit. Bingo. Okay, so this is a good... I mean, maybe you just answered the question. But Keegan Blade asked, asked us, could Mauricio Pochettino, top three in the world, easily, in parentheses... What? <laughs> I knew you would... <laughs> I knew it would the hell? Be. Could could Pochettino take over from Ali at United? Better yet, should he? Because what is clear is that the Glazers don't intend to invest exponentially in United in transfers, and neither for a director of football. This is the thing. Remember when they said they were going to get the? Uh, they were said Manchester United said we've sacked Mourinho. We're going to get only Gunner in for part time, and then we're going to get in uh, a inter- full time coach, and we're going to get a director of football. We got none of that shit. They just. <laughs> People at Man United just be saying shit to be saying shit. Well, what's this statement Edward came up with on Sunday? Hang on. I was incensed. Um, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me get these lines up. Look at, look how mad Manchester United make me nowadays. <laughs> Trash bumps. Um, it's, it's bad. I mean, like, that badge is, 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 is quickly coming under review, man. <laughs> Put them in there. They're all bricks. Look, look, here we go, here we go. Edward says it's a multi-year squad evolution analysis. What does that mean? Say it again. A multi-year squad evolution analysis. Damn, that's a mouthful for a What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> a multi-year squad evolution of Edward analysis. Edward says, says we have Manchester United have a plan, which is to play winning football, winning attractive po- football that gets trophies. Every team wants that. He's <laughs> saying this shit. This, and I've said this before when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer went, oh yeah, we're trying to buy young British talent. There's no reason for saying you want to buy young British talent other than it's the opposite of what you did beforehand. They'd just be saying shit for saying shit. I hate them all. Trash. 
Yo, do, yo, did you know that, like, uh, I was thinking, like, Carl's going on a rant, and I was like, yo, did you know that the rant cast changed the name of their podcast? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I saw Paul's tweet, yeah. Yeah, we pulled them out. So they changed the name of their podcast, no question about that. And it also got me thinking, like, should we change the name of Talking Tactics? Like, would that ever come about? <laughs> Talk. <laughs> Tack. Tactic. Tack. Tactics is kind of like... Uh... You'd have to talk about tactics more. Yeah, talking tactics is like um, it's a nice idea, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not really real. But anyway, I was thinking like, okay, Emery if Spurs hadn't it. sacked Pochettino to begin with, would Arsenal have thought, "Yo, we need to get rid of Emery and get somebody in because one of our targets is already gone in Mourinho, right?" Because I, I think that was out there in the ether that Arsenal were looking at Mourinho to maybe take over, but then he was taken. So now I'm thinking, if you're United, you can't let Bayern or some other club get Pochettino either now or on a pre-contract for the next year Mm -hmm. and, and have Ollie still Pochettino is the ideal candidate, I think for most. So like you, you have to get rid of him, right? You you can't wait because every day is a potential that Bayern come in and get the guy that you want. Thank you. Bayern will get him or Barca will get him or Real will get him or PSG will get him. Get rid of him. Get rid of that guy. Everyone needs to get sacked, man. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, he's not good enough. Think yeah. about this. There is not a man, there is not a Premier League team right now that will swap their manager for Oligon Solskjaer. Doesn't that say something about how good Oligon Solskjaer is? It does. Manchester United will bring in guys from Leicester City and Crystal Palace and Swansea to help their manager who got sacked from Cardiff. Trash. Oh, okay. The Amazon Premier League deal, Half Hope referenced it at the beginning. I haven't read not a word about this, but apparently you two have. So What's happening exactly? So, so basically, let me just back up. So basically, this company I used to work for, well, not work for, but to do stuff for maybe about a year or so ago, basically said that, you know, they had like kind of like a deal with Amazon where Amazon were interested into this whole football space. And they were interested in maybe like, you know, um, putting one of their shows that I would be out of being a part of with other influencers onto this there, like Amazon Prime thing. So that was the first one. I was like, oh, shit. So Amazon actually wants to get into this whole Premier League thing. So what is now happening this season is Amazon is sort of testing the waters. So they're going to literally every single Premier League game on Tuesday and Wednesday, you can watch on Prime. So you can pretty much choose which of the games you want to watch on either on Tuesday or Wednesday. And that's going to happen Tuesday, Wednesday, and I think on the 26th and the 27th as well, they're going to show all the Premier League games. Amazon sort of has sort of viewed um, the, 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 the fact that, okay, we, they've been in video for a long time. That's been good. But they've now been doing some research with regards to the numbers and the eyeballs they can get with football and football streaming, which is why they're like, wait a minute, you know, this may be something that we could be interested in. So I believe that when they see and they get back the data of the amount of people that are going to watch those games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and 26th, and the 2027th, next season, Amazon will be like, we're just going to bid for this whole thing, <laughs> you know? And Jeff Bezos, who is amongst the richest men in the world, they can outbid flipping Rupert Murdoch or BT. They can outbid them. But now, the thing what for BT is that BT still have the Champions League, which I think is with them for, I think, the next two years or so forth. But with regards to the Premier League, I think... Amazon will want to bid that. And if Amazon gets that, 
that's a game changer because Amazon, it, I don't think, unless it, they're, they're crazy, I don't think they're going to change their, their price points, which I think is still a, a little price bit here prime. and talk a little bit about what happened for this deal to go about. So, first things first, when the Premier League sells up these packages, they don't sell up, you don't just buy the Premier League. There are multiple tiers of Premier League rights you can buy. And what the Premier League did this season was they went, you know what? We think BT won it. We think Sky won it. Netflix are fishing around the place. Google are fishing around the place. And Amazon are fishing around the place. We're going to package up a certain weekend and we're going to put it at our cheapest pricing. So the Premier League put it there and they expected a four-part bidding war for, for this weekend's worth of games. This December 3rd, 5th collection. It was a test from the Premier League to see how much promise and how much can we continue to sell our rights. you got to bear in mind the head of the Premier League, Richard Scudamore, has just left. They've tried to find three replacements for Scudamore and every single time the person has got the job, as it approached them coming in, all three people, person has gone, we don't want this. Uh, most recently, the, the newest incoming person pulled out at the last minute last week. Replacing him is incredibly hard because no one's done it because Scudamore had the job for the best part of 20 years. This Amazon deal was very much the Premier League going, here is some very, very lucrative weekend. Who wants to buy it? And they expected four companies, BT, Sky, Google, Amazon, and possibly Netflix to spend money on it. What happened was only Amazon bid for it and Amazon got it. They got it for a pretty good price. Not expensive. It's not going to put an extra 20 million every single Premier League team in the same way BT did when BT bought the rights back in the day. But it's, it's a good enough. Hope is correct that BT Sport have spent a lot of money in order to secure the Champions League rights until 2024, which is a pretty big thing. Makes me a bit sad. I quite like seeing, you know, football is always better when the most amount of people can see it. So I prefer it when it's on free TV. But that's by the by. So that's Amazon's got the next round, game week 14. So all the games played Tuesday and Wednesday will be available on Amazon. And if you've got an Amazon Prime subscription, you can watch it there. I've said this before. I've got a hunch. This isn't Amazon buying it for the UK market, primarily. If they get it for the UK market and it, and it brings up some Amazon Prime subscriptions, so you can your annual subscription is £79. And I've already got Amazon Prime because I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. Um, so I'm, I've, I'm just including this in my Prime subscription. I get next day delivery and now I get Premier League games. That's nice. Um, and I've said this from when the bid was made and when I used to work at Twitter, that I think this is Amazon making a play for Australia. So Prime subscriptions aren't that large in Australia because Australia is it's a huge country. It's quite hard to get things delivered next day in a country of that size with an infrastructure that's not as good as England. And I think this is a play to sell a lot of subscriptions for Prime in Australia because if you can tell the Australian market, the you know, third biggest English language market, hey, we've got Premier League games and we can get you next day delivery if you use us for subscription that makes Prime that much more enticing in Australia. That's based on like a kind of hunch. 3D thinking, Carl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, from from what, I, from what I understand, Amazon are nervously excited about this. Tim Sherwood, Peter Crouch, Tier and Ree, Harry Redknapp, uh, and two or three other names will be as part of their coverage starting tomorrow. Anyone listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast before the Tuesday games, I advise you watch it through your smart TV app. Fire stick, baby. So I'm watching it, baby. Fire I'm going to be watching it via the Prime Video app on my PlayStation 4. That's how I'm going to watch <laughs> Tuesday's games. <laughs> but yeah, you know, if, 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 if you are going to watch it, please let us know. I'm also expecting, if the stream, 
I'll, I'll be surprised if the stream manages it when we all log in at the same time. Yeah, I was because... just thinking that. I was like, yo, if everybody watches it on Prime, that's that's a lot of traffic. We've all been mm-hmm. there, right? We've all been there on a brand new streaming service and it all sort of fell apart at the start. I, I watched the I watched the US Open tennis live yeah. on Amazon Prime, yeah. and that was very very nice. But no, nah, um, you, you guys know the zone. I remember I was watching yeah, like the zone boxing match. Horrible on like, problems. Yeah, I was watching a match on not a match like a boxing bout on on the zone, and I knew somebody got knocked out because uh, I was watching it. On, I was monitoring it on Twitter as well. I was like, this is supposed to be live, and it was like thirty seconds. Yep. So I already knew like what happened at, at, uh, with the fight, but I watched, you know, I watched WWE, and uh, I I tend to log on to the WWE Nerd. network for live streaming before the um before I know everyone's gonna log in. So if the show starts at midnight, I will log in at ten before midnight, and you can tell when everyone logs in at the same time because the stream just gets all blocky all of a sudden. Mm. <laughs> That's okay to do in WWE, where yeah, you can miss, you can maybe be two seconds behind, but in the Premier League. In the mm. Premier League, when Sky Sports are going to be talking their talk, BT are going to be talking their talk. Heck, BBC are going to be talking their talk because they're, you know, they want TV on. They want free TV stuff. Do you feel like the competition is going to drive the prices down or drive the prices up? The amount of money Amazon paid for this week was not what the Premier League expected and not what they hoped. And it's risky. It's really risky. There is no guarantee this is going to continue. This We're going to be doing this next season. Right, it's a huge gamble for Amazon to get into the football market and to get into the live broadcast market because, like we've just discussed, it's so easy to get wrong. The zone got it wrong, other WWE's still having problems. It can be so easy to get wrong, and if you get it right, well, then you have to spend more money, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at this, let's really look at these fixtures they've bought uh, Palace versus Bournemouth, Burnley versus City, Chelsea versus Villa, Leicester versus Watford, United Spurs, Southampton, Norwich, Wolves, West Ham. Yo. The Merseyside derby, Sheffield United, Newcastle, Arsenal versus Brighton. My right. theory is so right, bro. Amazon are the reason Poch is gone, yo. They have the week that Mourinho goes to Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right, yo. This is some. There's something going on in there. No, man. no, 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 no. That theory, like, it makes too much sense. It's because Why the hell do you want to do it on Amazon series with flipping Pochettino? <laughs> that they're doing a documentary series and then. The one week that they have Mourinho going to Old Trafford, there's something up. But anyway, Carl, f- finish your point. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm I'm saying sort of if you look at that game week 15, the two standout fixes are the Merseyside derby and United Spurs. It's not it's not a great game week to buy if you want to buy any game week. It's it's okay. And this is the thing, right? And it's the Merseyside derby at a time where the Merseyside derby is not. I mean, everyone kind of knows who's going to win it. Yeah. So. I mean, everyone kind of knows who's always going to win the Merseyside Derby. That's, that's not... You know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is the thing. Will Amazon... If this goes well, will Amazon spend more money on more than one game week next season? Maybe. Hmm. Uh, also, there's, there's this interesting thing, I think, in the United States where a lot of people, though, are Everton fans and Spurs fans. Mm-hmm. Because there's this idea that like you don't want to jump on the big boys, so you yeah. don't want to be a City fan, a Chelsea fan, United, Arsenal. So you go for that tier below, and maybe like five, six, seven years ago, when people really started to get into the game, a lot of people were like, "Yo, Spurs are kind of there, they're about Everton are there, they're about." So I'll be an Everton fan or a Spurs fan, and they've gone in completely different directions since. Yeah, but... I know a lot of Southampton, you uh, American Southampton fans. Yeah, yeah, they're you know they're very much. Under Armour, 
manufacture Southampton's kits and Under Armour market. Southampton as the club before the player you love got great. You know, Saudi Mane was here. Virgil yeah. van Dijk was here. So, you so, so maybe Southampton? having Spurs United and Everton, Liverpool, Liverpool owned by an American, maybe like, hey, maybe that's not the worst. All right. So we got two more things to talk about. Let's I'll do questions, these. baby. I will lump these things together. There's only one question. So we got 14 minutes. I'm willing to give this. Euro 2020 draw. Um, mm. We got Portugal, Germany, and France in the same group, Double H. Mm. And other than that, I can't really, re- I can't really remember anything offhand. Another question I do want to ask is: Is Gianluigi Buffon going to play in this Euros? But that's a secondary question. Also, no, I have three questions. Is it a group of death if everybody lives? How can it be a group of death because those three teams are in it? But the likelihood is they'll all survive. So, can you have a group of death? So you don't think that Yogi Love can do two out of two, come bottom of his group in two consecutive tournaments? I feel like they're all going to get three points from the fourth place team. And as we saw last year, if you have at least three points, you're probably going to get Because that's what Portugal did. Portugal had three points in the last Mm -hmm, Euros, mm -hmm. and they advanced because the third place teams go through. So, if you have those three teams, all you have to do is beat that one team and draw against somebody else, and you're guaranteed to, to get through with four points. Like, there's no way you're going to not advance. So, is it a group of death if everyone lives? We'll see. That's a big if. We just have to, just, we just have to see. I mean, I mean, for me, I think it's between Portugal and France for that top spot, really. And I think Germany, yeah. Are you, are you guys excited by the Euros? The idea that it's going to be everywhere in Europe and you can kind of sort of go to a match if you want to go to one? And... I, mean, I mean, yeah, what's it called? My, my friend has tickets, the opening game at Wembley, I believe. So he's going to the first game that'll be at Wembley. I'm not sure which one that is. But I think it's cool because, again, so for guys who live in whatever country, you have a chance of watching a Euro game in your local city. So I think in, in that sense, it's, it's, it's an interesting idea. No, I think it's I think it's an interesting idea. I don't know. I like I like more. It happened again. I like more, <laughs> <laughs> I like more the idea of it being in one nation though. Like I think in twenty twenty four the Euros are going to be in Germany, like just all in one country. So oh, yeah. I feel like I feel like that's a I, I like that idea better. So so is, it, is, is this like like an, an inaugural thing? So why do they do it all in just one um, place? I think it's is it the hundredth year or yeah, so it must be like that, something like that. Some thing. sort of centennial something or the twentieth one. I'm not sure. Carl, do you have an idea why that's all around Europe? No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I should know this. Uh, oh well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm probably working it, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, it goes from I guess Ireland, I guess, to Baku, so it's mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Um. Now, Buffon. Do you think Buffon's going to play for Italy? No. <laughs> what? Even if is that a good idea? If he does, like, come on, man. Do you know what? Do you know? Okay. Hang up I, your damn gloves. Hang up. Do Do you know how embarrassing? Wait, wait, wait. Let me rant. Let me rant. Let me rant. Let me let me rant. Do you know how embarrassing it was watching that Sassuolo game? Because it's like watching. A guy literally walk out of the retirement home in his slippers and his dressing gown and like his drip still attached. <laughs> and then you just throw him onto the pitch. It's embarrassing. And the thing for Buffon is that do you know what do you know why it's so messed up? You are using your influence and your status to make to, worse. 
Yeah, to make it to, to, because first of all, you have no business even being in the squad. You shouldn't even be the num, num, number two. So it is crazy that in a important game because Juventus are neck and neck with Inter Milan in an important game, Buffon is being put in goal in a, in, a, in an important league game. It's crazy. It's insane. This is doing he's done. And let me ask you guys this: if a player in the latter part of his career is crap. But he was amazing in his earlier part of his career or middle part of his career. Does it take away from what he done, what he did in his earlier part of his, his his career, or it shouldn't matter? I think it depends on the type of crap. Um, there, there's more than one. Way, there's more than one way to fall off the top, right? So if you're if you were a world beater and then you got a bunch of injuries, I ain't gonna get too mad at you. This is we've had this before about your brick academy how quite a few people in your Brook Academy have had ACL injuries, and I feel bad. Like, Torres, Torres's fall from grace was mostly injury-based, so I'm not going to get mad at him. But if you're someone that went bad because you made a transfer deal and everyone knew you shouldn't have made that transfer deal and you did it anyway, and then you just didn't get any game time, yeah, you, that's kind of on you. you. You're kind of a fool. Buffon, Buffon is old, and he's making some really crazy decisions out here because he wants, cause he wants to win uh, a Champions League, and he's not, he's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's hilarious that Buffon wants a Champions League and he's not going to get one. But uh, your man, who was a backup goalkeeper for Liverpool, who is Belgian and I forget his name. Mignolet. Mignolet has one. (laughs) That's wild, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at first I was like, when he said it, I was like, did Karius win? Last year, like, there's no way I would have, I would have remembered, but I think they sent him to Turkey. So I was like, yeah. who was he talking about? I, I heard your rant yesterday, and I had to go do some independent research. So mm. if I tell you that Buffon has started five league games for Juventus this season, how many goals have they conceded, and how many points have they dropped in those five league games? Yes. So maybe they've dropped. So just random guess would be four points. Means considered like six goals. They've dropped two points. The draw was Sassuolo, and mm-hmm. they've conceded five goals in five games that, that he started. So, technically speaking, if you were Buffon and there's one league and one team to play for that you could get away with this, being a 41 or 42-year-old goalkeeper, <laughs> it is Serie A in this decade, and it is with Juventus, meaning their team is so dominant they could probably hide or has been so dominant. I guess Inter Milan is, has something to say this year. But if you need to hide and you want to play, this is the best team to do it in Europe. As Carl says, if you're doing anything to get a Champions League. So he's not as bad as you make it seem. Although the mistake for that second goal is really bad. I'll give Boga credit for the first. Mm, but I understand your sentiment of how good he was from the Parma days and winning the World Cup with Italy in 2006 and all that kind of stuff. But... He's not that trash. He's just not as the fall is bad, but he's not abject. He's just not who he was. Yeah, it, it's not. Yeah, it's it's the skeleton of Buffon, which is right. still better. Is which is still a better goalkeeper than many goalkeepers. Like okay, some of them, have, have some of them currently being in you know <laughs> the Premier League, right? right. I don't want to ask this question. <laughs> West Ham would take Buffon right now than their current goalkeeper. Would you rather team. have Buffon or Kepa? <gasps> Kepa. 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 This is not if you say Buffon, then Daniel, I'll I'll slap you in the face. 
That's the, now, I'm now, a hater, that's, that's dog. Like I, I only have one agenda, man, and it's Kepa out. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> Kepa out, man. I, I, I've never said something, something out, but I'm Kepa out, man. Okay, <laughs> we got, <laughs> we got two questions. Anyway, I, I just want to say, shout out Buffon. I still think he should be a horseman. To answer your question, he is kind of detracting his legacy, but I think generally speaking, when we think of people. And their legacies, we think of the best of them. We don't think of the worst of them. So nobody's going to talk to you about AC Milan, Ronaldo, or AC Milan, Ronaldinho, or Manchester City, Frank Lampard, or whoever the case may be. You're not going to talk to me about Galatasaray Drogba, or that's it, Galatasaray Drogba, <laughs> or like LA. It was it's an LA Galaxy Ibrahimovic. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. talk mm-hmm. to me about that. You're going to no, talk to no me about like the Washington Wizards. Jordan, you know, right, right. What, what we're going to talk about Jordan with the Bulls, like this stage of Buffon career, he's wearing 77. We're always going to remember Buffon for like the early 2000s, early ni- late, late 90s, early 2000s, and maybe even up until 2015, 16, somewhere in there. When Casemiro scored the goal, that was like in, in the in the Champions League final in 2017. That was like the moment I think everybody was like, ooh, okay. So like two two three years doesn't take away from twenty five years of excellence. So that would that be my answer. All right, questions. Three minutes to go. How many former men? How many former club legends will be managing teams by the end of the season? I hope none. No, <laughs> I well, think, sorry, that's me. That's I mean. I hope, I hope only Lampard. You, you guys think um, Lundberg is gonna gonna stay around? Lundberg nah. will stay the season, but I don't think no. No, Lundberg probably won't stay the season. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Whoever's going to Arsenal, I don't think Lumber's going to be getting the job permanently. Let, there, okay, there is a so very, there's a very good chance that there could be. I don't want to say a legend because Arteta wasn't an Arsenal legend, but Arteta no. as Arsenal manager is looking more likely than not anymore. So Lampard and Zidane, those are the two that I think will be around. Everybody else, I'm, I'm not quite so sure. And last question: <laughs> Messi is goat. LL should just accept it. World Cup or not, he has done too much in the game. The hardest thing in sports is consistency. No one has ever played at this level for this long. His goat was finished by 25 from Shatuka. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, well, LL, what if it, LL is like a thing, you know? No, no, well, well, I'll just say that. Oh, thank you for calling me LL Cool J, the goat of the guy who coined the, 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 the term goat. So, yeah, I'm, I'm LL Cool J. In response to, to that, in response to that, um, Bring me a World Cup on the Copa America, then we can talk about goats. Wait, wait. Did did phenomenal Ronaldo win the Copa America? Yes, of, of course he did. Two, twice. Damn. 99 and 97. He's a real one. A real one. Two World Cup medals. A well, real really one, really. Stop. Really he, it, the, 94? 94 counts. No, no, no. Come on. He, he didn't kick a ball. <laughs> Brazil should have won three in a row, you know. Yep, 94, 98, 2002. And, and and if Pele wasn't kicked out of the, the walk-up, they would have won it in 66. Okay. Okay. You want you want you want the Englishman to come down for you, yeah? <laughs> yeah, or oh, oh no, please come. Queen Elizabeth. Do we, <laughs> do we talk about how in 1966 Africa boycotted? Oh, did that oh, was that happening in 1966? Oh, I don't know. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you for your questions. Thank you. Your question goes out every Monday, so Follow us on Twitter. Ask us whatever you want, and uh, we'll probably do whatever it. you want. Don't ask me whatever ask, you want. Some of you ask, ask me fresh questions. Ask whatever you want, and we'll probably discuss it. You know, with some discretion here. Or ask, there. ask me personal questions. I'll, I'll answer. Oh, 
we do this podcast every Tuesday. Follow us on the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you're on Spotify, remember to give us a follow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free wherever you're listening, whatever podcast app. We thank you. Um, we're on Patreon, so check us out over there. Have Hope, where can people find you? Um, HaveHopeFootballHots.com, the websites. Everything you need is there. Carl, where can people find you? Anchorman616. I'm at Daniel Taluk. We're at Talking Tactics. Talking Tactics podcast, sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always for the boy. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.